Parsons, you're listening to No Names All Game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Tuesday, November 23rd. It is 5.35 Eastern Time, and James Franklin isn't going anywhere. The news is finally official, a 10-year contract. That's not really a 10-year contract. We'll get into that later. But for now, it's a 10-year contract, keeping him with us through 2031. The rumors are now laid to rest. He's not going to USC. He's not going to LSU. He's not going to Florida. He is here to stay. Pat, how do you feel about it, man? Uh, you know, I love it. I know I've been like pretty vocally critical of Coach Franklin past couple podcasts. However, I have been on the record that I still want him in this job. Um, I'm happy he stayed. I think no matter what side of like the fence you're on, you have to realize how bad it would look for our program if he left, and what it would mean for that like, you know, the number that what is going to be a top five recruiting class most likely coming in. Uh, certainly wouldn't be if he left, and you know, hopefully this means we can focus on things like putting money into our facilities, and you know. You know it's not, I, I don't think it's a super popular thing all the time for a public university to be spending money on football when, like, tuition is super expensive. Like, if we want to be good at football, we have to spend money like the teams who are good do. Yeah, agreed. And we'll get into uh, we'll get into the money. We'll get into the recruiting classes. We'll get into you know the coaching vacancies and and what it would look like to actually hire a coach this year if he did leave. But the most important thing is the full commitment. Uh, and I'm going to read the quote from his statement. He says, "With the support of President Barron, Sandy Barber, and the Board of Trustees, we've been able to create a roadmap of the resources needed to address academic support, community outreach, name, image, likeness." facility improvements, student-athlete housing, technology upgrades, recruiting, training, and more. This renewed commitment to our student-athletes, community, and fans reinforces all the reasons I've been proud to serve as your head football coach for the last eight years and why my commitment to Penn State remains steadfast. Throughout this process, I've kept our leadership council, recruits, and staff updated on those conversations, and I'm excited we've reached an agreement we can finally share with you. So first and foremost, he talks about all of the things that we've been thinking about for the last however many you know years this has gone on. Are they going to invest in facility upgrades? Are they going to invest to take this program to the next level when you see these, you know, multi-million dollar locker rooms from, from programs in the SECs. And yeah, it's not all about the flash, but it's about having a program that you can market to kids as this is a premier program to be at. And he did say in his statement too, that this started like nine weeks ago. So he's has been keeping his team, his recruits, his staff in the loop that, Hey, we're working on this extension. We've just all been speculating on the outside and you know, that, that, that kind of makes us look a little silly when everyone's like, oh, he's just saying this to get more money or he's, he's going to leave and he's just posturing. Like, no, they've been working on it and he just couldn't say anything until now. I was going to say, yeah, like I, the, the thing is, it's not like it's just him not saying it. Like Penn State probably mm-hmm. tells him not to say it. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think the commitment to the facilities to I don't know what technology means, but that sounds cool. Um, name, image, likeness, having plans for that, you know, student housing, like all of these things, like I said, that you can market to kids as, you know, yeah, you're going to find some really cool things in the SEC. Guess what? We have that here. You know, you're going to find some cool things at Ohio State. Guess what? We have that here. Um, you package that all together with winning on the field, which is obviously most important. Um, and then, you know, you start to continue to build on these recruiting classes. So. Um, 2022 recruiting class stays intact. Drew Aller already tweeted out, we are. Ken Talley said, my coach ain't going nowhere. Um, you know, the, the the exclamations are out there on Twitter. Kids are happy. Um, 
early signing period is like three weeks away. So great to have this locked in. We shouldn't see any surprises of anyone flipping now. Uh, and we'll keep this, uh, keep this class intact. Um, and then the other thing I was mentioning, like, there's a lot of jobs open this year, man. <laughs> like if he does leave for LSU or USC or Florida, we're competing with the other ones that are still open. Like who do you think is going to want to come to Penn state if we're not committing to him? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So money-wise, um, he does get a bit of a raise. It boils down to about $7.5 million per year. I think on his old contract, he was around six, maybe six and a half maxing out. So it gets a little bit more money there. Um, the bonuses were interesting. They, they just, they, I don't know if you got a chance to read through this. I mean, I know there's bonuses for like winning a Big Ten or you know going to a Big Ten championship, making the playoff. Um, there's a clause in his contract that if he wins a national championship, he gets an $800,000 raise for every year remaining on the contract. So if he were to well, win, he if he were to win a national championship in the next two or three years, the rest of those seven years on the contract get all increased by $800,000, which is pretty damn nice. They should. That, that man should make any amount of money if we win a national championship. <laughs> Very true. There is Very no true. price tag too high for a national championship. Um, so let's see other numbers. So it's funny how they, how they market it. His base salary is $500,000 and then his supplemental pay is six and a half million. <laughs> I'm guessing that's for some, like, I don't know if that's tax reasons, if that's how they have to report things. I don't understand. Um, so he's guaranteed 7 million a year with a $500,000 retention bonus. I guess basically if he stays, um, he gets a $1 million annual loan for life insurance. I don't know how exactly that works, but seems pretty nice. Yeah. Um, like I said, all kind of bonuses for going to different bowl games, for the playoff, for Coach of the Year awards, um, uh, other benefits, up to 55 hours per calendar year use of private aircraft for personal use. Pretty good. <laughs> kind of nice. Kind of nice. PJs. There's a couple of PJs just hopping around. Uh, and then the biggest thing is his buyout. Um, so basically if another team wants to hire him, uh, you know, the amount that they would need to pay to buy him out, or he would need to pay, you know, normally the, the other school, um, pays for that, uh, in the year 2022, it's 12 million. No one is paying 12 million to buy him out next year. Uh, 2023, that drops to 8 million. Same thing. No one's paying that. Um, I'm sorry, 2020, 2022 is 12 to 8. 2023, it drops down to 6. And then in 2024, it goes down to 2 million. So it's $2 million in 2024, 2025, 2026, and on, it is $1,000,000. So for all the people that hate this move, that still want to see him gone, first of all, fuck you. I don't think you're right right now. Um, but if you really think that we are better off without him, come the year 2024 or so, it is a very low buyout that if things are really going poorly and another team wants him, it'll happen. So, I mean, these things get restructured every couple of years anyway. Um, I'm sure we'll see if, you know, if things are going well, he's going to restructure in another couple of years and make even more money. So I think this is the right move for Penn state. I'm happy it got done now before national signing day, not leading into an off season where we have to speculate forever. And I'm happy with it. Yeah, for sure. I think it, you know, puts a lot of the, uh, I don't think it was affecting the locker room because I guess they knew, but it just puts like the, the chatter at, to rest. And hopefully, you know, like I said, we can just focus going forward on important things like winning games, committing to facilities, upgrading the things that need to be upgraded for us to really be. Cause I mean, like the fact of the matter is we do not have the uh, resources of an elite program right now. We just don't. 
and yeah. people expect us to be one anyway. It's like, well, not going to happen like that. Uh, they just wrote a great article in, uh, I think it was like statecollege.com. Had a, I forget who wrote it, had a great article about it. It was like, yeah, like we lag, you know, if you look at like the premier programs in college football, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, like they all spend just a lot more money than we do on football. Yeah. And there's a reason they're really good every year because players go to the places that spend money on them. Yeah. They have a full product, right? It's, it's a, it's a full product that kids are committing to. It's not just a coach. It's not just a school. It's, it's a full decision that they have to make. And now hopefully we have that. So, you know, like I said, in the I mean, quote, South Carolina has better back. facilities than we do. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> So it will be interesting to see like what the timeline on a lot of this looks like. They said they've developed a roadmap to investing and, and, you know, building up all of these things that need to be built up. Do we see some massive changes in the next year or two? I hope so. Cause I think, I think that's what Franklin was probably pushing for, right? The raise for him going up to seven and a half million. Yeah, that's nice. You know, we're not going to discredit that. I think everyone would be happy with an extra mil or two in their pocket every year. Yeah. Um, but I think what really, what this really came down to, because if he wanted more money, he could have got more money at USC, I'm sure, or at LSU, I'm sure. Um, I think this came down to him wanting the commitment to invest in the full program. I'm sure he didn't say it outright, but I'm sure there's money for assistance involved in there. You know, he takes care of his people. So I think this really comes down to a full investment in the entire program. And I hope we see some of that sooner than later so that this isn't just a you know, four-year conversation of, well, they said they were going to do it. Like, I hope we see something in the next two years of like, hey, here's a $10 million locker room renovation project. I don't know what the number is. I don't know if 10 million is good or bad or if it should be a hundred million. My point being, we should see some big news that like, hey, Penn State is doing this and it is big. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see it within two years. All right. So shout out Coach Franklin. Congrats on the extension. We are happy to have you here. Anything else on, on the Franklin news? Not really. All right. We got a couple other pieces of news, and then we are going to get into a Rutgers recap, uh, maybe a Michigan State preview. It might be two episodes. It might be one episode. Stick around. You'll find out. A um, couple of other news. I am officially big mad at the Bletnikoff Award. The Bletnikoff Award announced their finalists today, and Jahan Dotson is not one of them. Which is insanity. Insane. Insane. So the finalists are David Bell from Purdue, uh, Jordan Addison from Pitt, and Jamison Williams from Alabama. When you look at pure numbers, Williams from Alabama and Addison from Pitt, they, they have better numbers. They both they have more yards. They have more touchdowns. I'm okay with it. Um, David Bell has like three more catches than Jahan, about 150 more yards, and only five touchdowns to Jahan's 10. There's no way you can tell me that he's had a better year if you're looking at just numbers. And obviously, when it comes down to best receiver in the country, it should be more than just numbers. I know the Ohio State fans are real pissed that Olave, Wilson, and Smith and Jigwood, none of them got in there. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's just it seems silly to me. Jahan Dotson has had an incredible year. I know we're biased. I know we watch him every week and we don't watch these other guys. But it seems crazy to me that he didn't get in over David Bell. Yeah, I don't know if, like, maybe the fact that he only had 52 yards in the last game, like, counted against him for some stupid reason. Or, like, I don't know. I just uh, – I don't know. Yeah, you, so you can't John, tell me he doesn't deserve to be in this conversation. Agreed. Agreed, Jahan. You're, uh, you're the winner in our eyes. You are the no-names all-game right. Boletnikoff winner. Um, on the other side of finalists, Jordan Stout 
is a finalist for the Ray Guy Award uh, given to the best punter in the nation. Um, put on a clinic this past week in, in a game where he punted what seemed like a million times. Uh, and he's had just a really good year. So I think, I think he's got a good, sh- good shot to win this one. Yeah, I mean, he's been very good all year long. Um, I think I've only seen like two bad punts out of him all year. Which is, which is so surprising because, remember, he came in from Virginia Tech as a kicker, as a long kick specialist, as a guy who's going to handle kickoffs and long kicks. And then Blake Gillikin graduates. He says, yeah, I can punt too, and turns into one of the best in the country. So that's been just such a pleasant surprise. I would love to see him win that award. Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. I, I, I like the uh, – are we going to be Punter State University? Going forward, I don't, hate I don't hate it. Blake Blake Gilligan is killing it in the NFL right now. He I mean, is. Next up, Jordan Stout, Punter State University. I like it. I like it. Um, all right, that's most of the news that's happening in the Penn State world. Let's get into a little Rutgers recap. What do you say? Oh, absolutely. So Penn State gets a win against Rutgers on senior day, 28-0. Um, it was a weird game, a lot going on. We had a shit ton of people out with the flu, apparently. Um, saw a lot of new guys, punted a million times, like I said. But we come away with the win. So let's start, as we always do, with the Lion Award. Who is your Lion for this game? Easy choice. Got to be Christian Veyu, man. man. Uh, you know, as much as I love Sean Clifford, he just – you know, Hurdy was sick coming into the game. He looked really bad. He did not have it. Gets hit hard. Comes out. And, you know, Christian Bayou hasn't taken a competitive snap in two years. And he finishes 15 for 24 with 235 yards and basically, what, three, qu- three quarters of football? A little bit less? Yep. And yep. three touchdowns. I mean, on top of that, he runs for another 35 yards. That's pretty great. Like, guys, not only has he never played college football, he hasn't played any football since 2019. To just come in with that kind of poise as a really untested player is uh, in a game that was scoreless is really great. Yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, Christian Bayou is my lion as well. Really the only choice here. Um, you know, it wasn't perfect. He, he had some, you know, miscues as to be expected for your first time playing in two years. Um, but I think he showed a ton of potential and he provided a spark. Like Cliff wasn't looking good. And apparently Cliff was playing through the flu. He didn't have a voice. They had to go to like a silent cadence because he couldn't even get like the cadence out. Um, so we're not knocking Cliff here. But Veyu provided a spark. There was energy. He was confident. He was decisive. Uh, he had some moxie. He was, like, hyping up teammates on the sideline. Like, things we haven't seen in a while where, like, at times Cliff has kind of looked deflated because, yeah, he gets beat up all the fucking time. Um, but I thought Veyu handled pressure well. Um, you know, he escaped some some ugly situations and, and got – yards with his legs um he stood in there and delivered when he was about to get hit multiple times um he's putting the ball in good spots touchdown to Jahan was beautiful touchdown to Parker Washington was beautiful uh deep ball to Tyler Warren perfectly placed um yeah he missed a couple of deep balls but he hit he hit a couple of really nice ones too so um I think this makes you one feel a lot better heading into next year if he is the guy and then two I tweeted out you know does this become the biggest what if like what if we put him in in Iowa instead of Roberson? It's a completely different situation, a much more difficult environment. I get it. And it's, you know, four or five weeks ago, but he looked like he might have been able to hold on for us. Yeah, I, like you said, it's, it's impossible to say 
Um, you know, I've heard some like people on Twitter talking about, well, you know, he hasn't played in two years and it's possible that like he's had this much progression in the past four weeks that he wasn't this good. I doubt that. But mm-hmm. honestly, the biggest excuse to me is like, there's just no way that Roberson looked as bad in practice as he did in that game. Had to be. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that, that's the fact that I was like, we'd never seen either of them in real game action. So you didn't know if one of them was able to step up and the other one wasn't. My guess is Roberson had been in the program an extra year, had taken some in-game snaps, and probably looked on par or a little bit better than Christian Fayou in practice. He just couldn't do it in game. Yeah, and I, th- I think it comes down to the experience because he, he's been in the program. This is his third year. So he's had two extra years on, on Veyu. Yeah. Veyu's a true freshman. This is Roberson's third. Um, it is interesting, though. We haven't heard about Roberson at all. Like, uh, from the beat reporters, it sounds like he's, like, not with the program right now. Like, we haven't heard about him in practice. We haven't heard about him, like, competing for the number two. It just seemed like after that Iowa game, Veyu stepped in, and he's been the number two. So, um it's interesting at this point, I think, you know, Cliff, Cliff wasn't hurt. He was sick. So Franklin said in today's uh, press conference that we'll be back to the normal cycle next week, meaning Cliff will start. Um, and yeah, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how that we goes. We want to talk about that after awards. Yeah, I think let's, let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's get to awards first. And then we'll talk about uh, a little bit of a controversy. Uh, so let's go with awards. What is your first award for this game? Are you just sticking with Bayou for the Lion? We're just going double yeah, Lion? Yeah, oh, he, I like yeah he's mine as well. I, there's, there's, okay. no other, there's no other choice in my mind. I like it. Two weeks in a row, double Lion. Double Lion. So listen, when it's, when it's meant to be, it happens. All right. I'm, I'm going with the, uh, the Cam Brady Award. Cam Brady? Cam Brady. I don't, I don't think I know this one. What do we got? Have you ever seen the movie The Campaign, Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis? Yes. <laughs> when they have the luncheon and Will Ferrell, like, shows the, uh, the PowerPoint of, like, Zach Galifianakis having Chinese dogs. Yeah. And then whispers to him, welcome to the fucking show. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. What do you got? Welcome to the fucking show, Malik Mega, man. Guy recorded Hell his yeah. first career catch a few weeks ago and then brings in a big one in this game. 67-yard touchdown. Uh, finishes the day as our second leading receiver with that. And I mean, at a time where, you know, the game was, you were like, oh, you know, it's, I know we're up, but, and it, it was just icing on the cake, man. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Shout out Malik Mega. That was, a Look, I'm, I'm looking for a big thing from Malik Mega next season. If you listen to our, preseason podcast where we did a preview i said one of my bold predictions for the season was by the end of the year you were going to know one of two wide receivers names it was going to be malik mega or it's going to be Jaden dotton and i was half right because malik mega is on the radar um and it's it's promising it's showing that hey next year you know we're going to lose Jahan and we need guys to step up and he should be one of them absolutely all right uh my first award is the uh oh sorry award <laughs> Who do you think this goes to? Uh, all of Rutgers? No. Uh, sorry. It goes to the whole country of Canada. Uh, I was going to uh, give an award to Canada. Damn. Yeah, this one goes to Canada. I mean, you just said it. Malik Mega, 67-yard touchdown. We already talked about Christian Bayou. Huge day. Three passing touchdowns. Um, the one to Mega was beautiful, too. I mean, he's rolling out on the right. Yes, Mega's wide open, but he had to square his hips and deliver a, a still a, a perfect ball. 
Uh, Theo Johnson, two catches for nine yards. Jonathan Sutherland, Sutherland I can't speak today, uh, four tackles, one tackle for loss, and an interception. And Jesse Lucchetta, only one tackle on the stat sheet, but obviously he impacts the game in many different ways. Canada showed up for the Penn State Alliance, the Rutgers. Sorry, we showed up. Canadians had a great day. Gotta love it. It's a good award. I, I didn't. I, there wasn't like one I could just give it to, so I figured I'd give it to all of them. Um, I, I was, I I was going to make an award for Canada as well. I don't know why we have this pipeline from Canada to Penn State, but it's working. Um, we're getting some, some solid players out of it. Let's let's keep it going. Um, all right, what's your second award? Uh, second award is the Bombs Award. Bombs. Bombs. Jordan Stout. Absolutely, Jordan Stout with bombs all day. <laughs> Three hundred forty-three yards of punting. For an average of, average of 43 and a long of 53. Gotta love 343 it. 343 yards of punting. 343 yards of punting. Kid, he just kicks bombs. And uh, <laughs> also went four for four on extra points. Gotta be happy about it. Jordan Stout. I don't think we've given him much of, like, many awards all year. And he has deserved one. So, yeah, that's fair. I think... I think he's the one where, like, we don't give him a word, but like, hey, by the way, Jordan Stout had a great game. And, hey, yeah. we haven't talked about him a lot, but Jordan Stout had a great game. Um, I think I gave him one maybe in, like, week one. It was, like, punt main easy or something like that. Um, but bombs. I love it. That's a great bombs. award. All right. My last award is – so there is another option. Uh, I mean, does this go to Christian Bayou or does this go to, like, James Franklin? <laughs> no, not, not a bad idea. But this one goes – to someone on the offensive line, to Landon Tangwall. Mm. True freshman, comes in uh, fairly early in the game, plays left tackle for most of the game, and looked pretty damn solid. Um, I understand this is Rutgers. It's not the best competition we play. You know, this is not Michigan's pass rush that we were playing, but they were throwing some blitzes at us. Um, we had a makeshift offensive line. Again, 35 players were out with the flu. Um, I think at one point, Drew Scruggs was our only normal starter. We had a bunch of other guys in different positions. But Landon Tengwell was a top recruit of last cycle. Um, you know, we've talked about getting top offensive line recruits in and getting them to play early. We don't normally see it. We don't see guys play as true freshmen because Franklin believes that, you know, we shouldn't have to. Well, this year we've, we've had issues and we've, we've been saying, is there another option? There's got to be a better option. And this award, so there is another option. Um, he looked good in pass blocking. You know, again, like I know this is Rutgers, but uh, he kept Veyu pretty clean from the left tackle spot. As a true freshman playing left tackle, trying to protect a fellow freshman quarterback, that's a lot. Uh, the coaching staff said, you know, they were very impressed with him. They believe he can play all five positions. Um, so at this point, I think he needs to be a starter going forward. Like, We've had enough issues. I'm not saying he's going to replace Rashid Walker at left tackle, but give him some reps at guard. You know, Eric Wilson hasn't been overly great, the transfer from Harvard. He's been good enough. Invest in your youth. I know there's one game left in a bowl game, but get him the reps and make him play because guess what? There is another option, and his name is Landon Tangwell. I love it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think he's got to be out there. We, our biggest problem on the offensive line has been developing talent. Like, listen, you only get good if you play, so get him out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, not a lot to talk about from this game. Otherwise, um, you know, like I said, ton of guys out with the flu, so it was nice to see some young guys look good. Uh, defense continued to play well as they should. I think the biggest thing that we alluded to earlier is we have a quarterback controversy. Um, so what are your thoughts on Sean Clifford versus Christian Bayou at this point in time? It's one um, outing, I've, but... Yeah, I've seen a lot of people calling for Bayou to be the starter 
Michigan State and the way going forward and next year. And I, I can't say I agree with that. I think as long as Sean Clifford is healthy, he should be the starter. Um, however, I think if he's not healthy, yeah, put Veyu in there. Like if, if Sean Clifford is not playing well because he's not feeling well, don't make him play. You know, I, and if it's like a 90% Sean Clifford, okay, yeah, maybe keep him in there or something. But, like, you're getting down to, like, the 70%, the 50%. Yeah, like, we have a guy who can get the job done, obviously. And, yeah, albeit it was against, you know, not a great Rutgers team, but a, de- a solid Rutgers defense. Yeah. And he, yeah, he right. had I mean, the poise and, I would say, the accuracy of a college football quarterback. And so he made some risky throws at times. Um, but you know, he looked good enough that if, you know, you've got a unhealthy Sean Clifford throw in a healthy Christian Bayou. Yeah, I agree. And I think fans are going to be clamoring for it just because, you know, it's, it's a, it's a change of pace. It's something different. It's something new. And, and that's kind of what I talked to about in our last episode, when we talked about, do we want Cliff back for next season? And I said, I love you, but no, I'm ready to move on to the next era. I'm ready to move on to whatever's next. Um, if Cliff decides to come back, of course, I'll open, I'll welcome him with open arms. I'll root for him like I always will. But I think this gives you the glimpse that, hey, there's a guy who can play at this level, maybe could have beat Illinois for us. I understand not throwing him in in Iowa on the road in, in that raucous crowd, but the way he played against Rutgers, I don't think that I don't think four weeks of development makes that much of a difference. I understand every rep counts, every week counts, and you do get better. I think he could have beat Illinois for us. Um, it, it's just it's difficult because you don't want to like you know send Cliff out to the pasture at this point. Like you want to let him finish his career off, and he's got two games left, right? So I think you know, at Franklin least said, at least two games left. Uh, two games left this year is what I meant to say. Um, I think, you know, I think he, he, Franklin said today that Cliff will be the starter next week. So I, I don't think there's any controversy yeah, yeah. there. Um, but I think it, the conversation becomes much more difficult of if he returns next year. Because, again, then I think, I think you're just delaying the development of your future. Um, and I love Cliff, but I'm ready for the Veyu era. I know it's one game and it's probably an overreaction, but I'm ready for Veyu to play next year while Aller gets ready and then Aller takes over when he's there. A lot to take in, man. It's if, yeah, if I, nothing else, if nothing else, it makes me feel a little bit better about next year knowing that there's a guy who can play competently and we've at least seen it in game action. Yeah, for sure. But you know, I'd like to, you know, this is how we felt about Sean Clifford at one point. Let's true. Let's remember that. True. Yeah, when he came in, when he came in, threw a couple of nice deep balls. We we're like, he's the future. He's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then we went through a couple of years of, of growing pains. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. I'm sure we'll do a wrap up at the end of the year because there's there's a couple of guys that are you know question question mark like Jair Brown. Is he coming back or not? He didn't get announced with the seniors. Um, PJ Mustafer, you know, he's been hurt. Does he come back? Or does he take his shot? So I think I think we'll probably after the Michigan State game we'll go through some of those question marks of guys that we think might come back versus guys that won't. The most curious will obviously be Sean Clifford. All right, anything else in this Rutgers game? Um, um not from this game specifically, but you know I would say I think the other thing we got to talk about is Penn State's going bowling this year. Yeah, there's been a couple. You know, obviously, next week is going to 
heavily impact what the outcome is. But like, I've seen a couple of different bowl games mentioned. Uh, mostly the was it the uh, Tennessee Music City Bowl. Music City. Yep. Uh, Pinstripe Bowl, which I'm sure is the one you're rooting for. <laughs> and personally, I'm rooting for the Las Vegas Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I saw you tweeting with our good friend Sub Caroline. She is yeah. in Nashville for, for so hoping for the Music City. Uh, Vegas is what a couple hour drive for you. Exactly, a six hour drive. That's not bad. I, mean, I, I, will, I will, a little bit less actually, more like four. I will gladly take the Pinstripe Bowl, hop on the train, and be there in thirty minutes from my apartment. That would be beautiful. Um, but at this point, I think you know we we talked about pre Michigan. Well, hey, there's there's an opportunity to win out and go to the Rose Bowl. Like well, not anymore. Not anymore. So we are going to go to a, you know, more mid-level bowl. I think the the goal for the rest of this season is beat a good Michigan State team and then beat, hopefully, a good team from another conference in a bowl game and feel okay about the end of your season. Yeah, nine and four. That would be – got to be pretty happy with that. I, I wouldn't be mad. I, I would say, you know what, we had so much opportunity to be so much better, but things didn't go our way. We finished strong. That's that. It, it puts such a better taste in your mouth than the year if you win a bowl game, man. Definitely. Definitely. Like, so it, it's just such a bummer. It is. It is. I hate losing bowl games. I mean, when we lost to, what was it, Kentucky that one year? I was like, wait, oh, what? It's like, what just happened? Um, so we're going to keep the positive vibes. Hopefully we go to a nice bowl game where one of us or our friends can travel. I'll be honest, if it's not close to me, this is a year where I'm not going to travel for it. Like, you I've know, never been to a bowl game, so I would like to Yeah, hop on if over it's, to if the Las, Las Vegas Bowl. You know what? I will root for the Las Vegas Bowl for you. I've been oh, to enough. I've been, I've, been to the pin, I've been to the Pinstripe Bowl before. I was there when yeah. they played BC, and Godwin has his, had his coming out party. Hack and Godwin. That was beautiful. Yeah. Um, well, we got two games left, or we got one game left in the season. So I'm thinking we roll right into a Michigan State preview. This is a fairly short episode at this point. It. It's, thank- it's Thanksgiving. I know you guys aren't going to be paying attention later in the week, so we're going to get this out early for you. We are heading to East Lansing for the Land Grant Trophy. I don't know if you guys know this. It's the most prestigious trophy in all of sports. The trophy's 12 feet high, <laughs> as Jackie Moon would say. Uh, this is an interesting game. Michigan State is 9-2. and two. They started out 8-0. and oh. They were a college football playoff contender. Uh, talk of the town. Mel Tucker getting a 10-year extension. $100 million man. Um, and they got upset by Purdue. What kind of idiot would give their coach a 10-year extension? Right? <laughs> uh, they got upset by Purdue. Um, you know, put, put some, put some, uh, took some wind out of their sails for the college football playoff. Uh, and then they just got absolutely walloped by Ohio State last week. Um, a really, really ugly outing. So they sit at nine and two. Uh, very interestingly, Penn State is favored in this game uh, on the road at East Lansing. We are a one point or one and a half point favorite, depending on the book that you look at. And the over under is set at 51 and a half. Pat, what are your overall thoughts on this game before we get into Ooh. our uh, categories? Um, I mean, I know Michigan State's got a great running game. They have a tremendous running back who is, I mean, I don't think he's going to win the Heisman, but, you know, he's what, what is being considered as a Heisman contender. Um, their passing game is fine. It's nothing special. I think it's, you know, it's another team where – and, like, you saw it last week at Ohio State. Like, if they have to pass the ball to win, they're probably not going to win. So, yeah, like, this, can, this... We, can we limit the run game enough? 
You're, yeah, you're going ahead. You're probably taking away one of my keys to victory. But um, this reminds me a lot of the Michigan game where it's like they've, they've had a lot of success this year. I think we're the better team. I think we should be able to win. And unfortunately, we weren't able to pull it out against Michigan. So I'm hopeful that we can against this Michigan State team who, you know, they're looking to end their season on a high note just like us. After a, after a beating like they took against Ohio State, just getting destroyed by C.J. Stroud and those receivers, you know, they're going to come out looking to, looking to fight on their home turf to end this season strongly, just like we are. So uh, let's get into it. What is your what to watch for? Uh, what to watch for is going to be quarterback play. Um, I think you saw that their pass defense is vulnerable. You know, does a healthy, hopefully healthy Sean Clifford come out and rain all over the Michigan State defensive backs? I think if he's playing the way we saw him play in the first five games of the season, he can. And even, you know, through like a couple of drives in the sixth game of the season, he can. Um, I think Jahan Dotson can do a lot of damage. I think Parker Washington can really make some big plays. And as long as Sean Clifford, you know, A, protects the ball and B, like, can, completes, you know, close to 60% of his passes, I think we got a very good shot to come away with a, a W. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of the same answers for this one, and that's why I kept this in the same episode because I think it's going to be a fairly quick rundown. This is a straightforward game. You know, there's there's good against bad, and there, there's some oppor- mis- opportunity mismatches. Um, my what to watch for is, is the quarterback controversy. It's a little bit similar there. Uh, does Cliff play the whole game if he's struggling at all? Uh, kind of what you said. Is, is he still lingering from sick? Is he still banged up at all? You know, Franklin said he's 100%, but who knows? So I think it'll be interesting to see if, if he comes out and he struggles the first couple of series. Do they make a change or do they just ride um, with Cliff despite whatever's going on? Um, or conversely, and what I'd much rather prefer, uh, do we get a big enough lead that you're comfortable letting Christian Veyu get the second half or maybe the fourth quarter and letting him get some more in-game reps? So um, I'm in agreement with you. If Cliff is healthy, he's the starter. There's no controversy there. Um, but it will be interesting to see if we see any more of Veyu after a very nice performance against Rutgers. Uh, don't be surprised if what's, – uh, what's your bold prediction for this game? Uh, I mean, don't be surprised if – I don't like saying it, but like if they stack up a lot of rushing yards, you know, that is clearly the strength of their team. That is clearly not the strength of ours. Uh, As great as our defense is, like people can run the ball on us. So don't be surprised if that is their game plan and they execute it. Yeah, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker III has had a stellar year. He was in the Heisman conversation for a while. Seems like the last few weeks or so he's kind of fallen out of that. Um, but he's he's a hell of a talent, and we're going to need to shut him down. Uh, he did only have like seven carries against Ohio State. I don't know if he was hurt at all or if they were just well. When you the fall behind constantly. by forty points in the second quarter, <laughs> sure, kind of have to start throwing. Sure. <laughs> um, all right, my don't be surprised if you kind of alluded to it already. Don't be surprised if we get one more huge regular season game out of Jahan Dotson. Uh, Michigan State, out of 130 teams in the FBS, where do you think they rank in passing yards allowed per game? How many did you say? 100 and... Out of 130. 130. I'm going to guess they're like 124. They're 130th. Out of 130, dead last, they are allowing 340 yards per game. That's a lot. 
man. So I think with a healthy Clifford, obviously, or even with a Veyu in there, I don't care. I think we get one more huge game out of Jahan Dotson because you never know with bowl games nowadays with, when guys are going to be first or second round draft picks, if they're going to play or not. I don't take Dotson for that type of guy. I think he plays. Um, but uh, you know, it's you never you never count your chickens there. So I think we get at least one more huge game out of Jahan. Um, they've let up 23 passing touchdowns this season. They're letting up 11 yards per completion. I think we can slice and dice them, and I think he's going to have a big day. How many uh, how many sacks per game are they looking? Um, that's a great question. How many like their defense? Yeah, how or... many sacks per game are they getting, and how how many rush yards allowed? Rush yards per game are they allowing? You know? See, this diff- This is the one time this season that I haven't pulled all of the data, so I'm going to have to look it up right now. Okay. We'll edit this um, out. Well, actually, you know what? I probably won't even edit this out just because who cares. Uh, they are allowing 123 rushing yards per game. Okay. Uh, that's good for 26th in the country. So they have a pretty stout pretty rushing good. defense. Um, and then as we look up team sacks, internet's going. I wish I had some like Jeopardy music right now. Do, 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 See, edit do, it do, in. Instead of editing this out, edit that in. I could if I if I actually heard. Uh sacks per game three. Three sacks per game. They're averaging. Three point oh nine. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Um, all right, let's wrap it up with a key to victory. What's your key to victory? Key to victory is, uh, to me is gonna be the offensive line, man. Uh you know, I know they haven't been our favorite group this year, but we saw some steps forward last week. Uh like we just covered hundred and 20 yards rushing per game allowed. That's pretty stout. Um, we don't have to eclipse that number, but if we could come close to it, it'd be a big help. And, you know, it's going to be tough for us to get that 340 yards passing that they average if our quarterback keeps getting hit because that has been a big problem for Sean Clifford, man. And it's like, how many more times can he get hit and still be productive? So our offensive line has to, I think, at the very least, give Sean Clifford enough time to be able to set his feet and throw the ball. And as long as they do that, I think we win this game. I like it. Um, it'll, be, it'll be really interesting to see who the starting five is. Like I said, we saw guys in there last week um, out of need because, because of the illness bug that was going around. So, you know, you saw Bryce Effner get a lot more work than usual. Um, like I mentioned, Landon Tengwall already. Like, it, it'll be interesting to see if they do any mixing and matching um, or they just go back to the original five, which I, I kind of hope they don't. Like, yes, you still want Caden Wallace in there, but maybe slide him into guard. Maybe maybe let Landon play right tackle. All right, we've seen that he can do it. Maybe you slide Wallace into guard and see how that looks. Like, this is a time where, yeah, you don't want to be completely experimenting, but you got to figure some things out, too. Um, you can't just go back to the, the, the blueprint that hasn't. So I like that. It's a good key to victory. Um, my key to victory, uh, we already talked about shutting down Kenneth Walker. Um, he's a hell of a running back, but uh, even more so, uh, it's finished drives. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen it all season where we stall out. Um, we don't finish. We don't get into the red zone. Uh, even against Rutgers, how many times did we punch? We just weren't, we weren't finishing. Um, you see what happens to this Michigan State team when Ohio State was just scoring on them at will early. They couldn't come back. So this is a team that we need to score on early, score on often, and just finish. Um, and I think we can do it. I really do. I think this is going to be a nice cap to the season where we look at this game and say, you see, that's how we should have been playing all season. I hope. I hope. Yeah, I'm absolutely. You know, we need that consistency in the offense. That's it. All right, let's get to a final prediction. Like I mentioned, Penn State is a one to one and a half point favorite on the road, which is kind of crazy. Uh, over under is sitting around 51, 52 points. 
What is your final prediction, Patrick? Oh, that is tough. That is tough. Uh, I'm obviously I'm hammering Penn State there. I think I gotta go with the Hank and Hard line. I'm gonna take the over. That is a oh yeah that is a low over under for a team that gives up a lot of passing yards and a team that gives up a lot of rushing yards and a team that runs for a lot of yards. Um, so I like it at. I'm gonna say. 28 to hmm. I like it 28 to 24 because that puts it right on. 28 24 uh, would give you, would I, give you, you know, the 52. I'm going to go with 31 24. Okay. 31 24 gives you the over, gives you Penn State covering. Uh, mine is very similar. I got Penn State 34, Michigan State 21. Um, I think if we can get out to an early lead, get them off balance, get them doing things that they don't want to do, I think our defense will play well against the pass uh, if we're able to, to force them into that. And like I said, I think, I think for some reason I just have a feeling and I say this all the time, but I have a feeling we're going to be able to finish and we're going to be able to score in this game. So I think, I think we put up 34 in this one. Um, that's all I got. Pat, anything else uh, on your mind? This is a little bit of a long episode heading into Thanksgiving. Hopefully it gives you guys something to listen to. Hopefully all you're enjoying your Thanksgivings with your families. Pat, what's, uh, what's your favorite Thanksgiving side? Oh, favorite Thanksgiving side. That's tough. Um, you know, I'm a – when people make the stuffing with the sausage, mm-hmm. that's hard to beat. That is the correct answer. That's how my dad makes it, and it is delicious. Yes, I'm going stuffing with sausage. It's fantastic. It's a good one. That would be my answer as well. To give it a little bit different, I do love a good mashed potato. Um, big fan of big fan of mashed potatoes. I could go sweet potatoes um, if not. Stuffing. Yeah. I've gotten into sweet potatoes later in my life. I didn't like them as much when I was younger, but uh, as, I, as I mature, I mm. learned to like them a little bit. I made a, All right. a mashed sweet potato for Friendsgiving. Tremendous. Oh, hell yeah. Very nice. Very nice. All right. I think that's all we got. Any, uh, any last words? Any last thoughts? No, let's bring home a strong regular season. Let's go, go bowling. Let's finish nine and four. Let's close out with Absolutely. some dubs. Absolutely. Winning streak to end the season. Bowl game win to end the season. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you all have a great time with your families. And we will see you back here for a Michigan State recap. Let's go 1-0 this week. We are.